Welcome everyone to our lounge um, and we are um, having a guest today as part of uh, launching Thriving in Limpopo. We have been graced by the presence of uh, Tinaj, um, who is uh, our main speaker today. Uh, Tinaj is uh, from uh, uh, Zimbabwe, our neighboring country. Um, so he will be with us um, and be taking us through, you know, this entire entrepreneurship as it is in Africa um, and how it is for, for young people in Africa. Uh, Tinas, thank you very much and welcome to Thriving in Limpopo. And uh, thank you for, for thank coming. You. Thank you very much, Salam. It's a, it's a pleasure and honor to be here on this platform. Um, I'm really excited to engage with you and to exchange ideas on how we can improve entrepreneurship here in, in Africa. Yes. Um, that's a bit background tonight here. Um, for, for people yeah. who don't know you probably, how can, uh, you know, as an introduction, how can you, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, okay. introduce yourself? Okay. Uh, my name is Tanache Kitchen. I am a entrepreneur and also a corporate uh, business person as well here in Zimbabwe. Uh, currently, my portfolio is quite large. I am currently employed as the managing director for Jacaranda Culture and Media Corporation here in Canada, Zimbabwe, which is essentially an art and entertainment cultural promotion company. Uh, our portfolio includes the National Arts Merit Awards, which is like the summer kind of, of, of South Africa. Uh, and also we have a, a national uh, talent search show called Dream Star Zimbabwe, which takes us all over the country looking for young people with special gifts, special talents. And we use this platform basically to give these kids and these young people a chance to use their talents to become something special. Uh, we've managed to send a few kids to, to China as well on different scholarships and programs like that. So we do a lot of different things that try to promote the arts and culture in Zimbabwe. Uh, in addition to that, I'm also the Director for Technical Development for the Zimbabwe American Football Federation. Uh, sport is a big passion of mine, so I've managed to find my way into sport as a developmental avenue and using my, my, my interest and my expertise in sport uh, to try to provide a new channel for development and introduce, introducing American football to Zimbabwean people. I know rugby is a very big sport here in this part of the world, in Zimbabwe and South Africa, of course. But why not American football? Why not do something different with a different channel for development as well? Uh, besides that, more uh, in line with this type of uh, podcast that we're having today, I'm also an entrepreneur. Uh, I started a couple of businesses of my own, uh, one of which is Kuma Fitness, which is, a, which is basically a, an, uh, uh, an all-round fitness platform. We don't just look at the physical fitness side, but also the mental fitness side as well. During these lockdown days of uh, COVID-19, especially, uh, the mental health side of fitness is so important. So we try to push that agenda as well. Besides just uh, promoting uh, physical fitness and being more fit and strong, they should also have a mental aptitude and a mental strength that allows them to, to, to get through tough times like we're going through right now. Uh, a little bit more, uh, I'm also currently pursuing my PhD um, in uh, sports governance. As I said before, sports is a really big field of mine, so I'm really pursuing that area, trying to make sure that I can impact uh, sports from a different angle as well. So that's basically it. Um, there's a lot more that I could talk about, but I'd be rambling on and on. So uh, that's basically who I am uh, in this point in time right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Uh, 
Okay, so that was uh, that's, that was quite uh, you know a, a mouthful of uh, you know introduction. So <laughs> I'm looking into your 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 profile. Um, you yeah. you have a fitness business, um, Kuma Fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know how? Tell us how you got in, into it and how has the journey been like so far. Well, uh, fitness has always been a passion of mine. Sports are an avenue for a lot of different things to take place, uh, not just development in terms of physical fitness, as I said, but also the mental health side as well. Um, now more than ever, because of COVID-19 and because of the challenges we're facing as a people, mental health is a really, really serious issue. So when I first started Kuma Fitness, it was just a personal training platform, you know, just to get people fit and get people active. Um, get people off their butts to try to do something to better themselves physically. But as time has gone on, you know, my portfolio has kind of evolved and my clients have been asking for something different. You know, how do we, you know, better ourselves completely as an individual? It's not just about the, the fitness side, but it's also about being stronger mentally. Um, so I started to incorporate mental health fitness as well, uh, talking about what you can do to better yourself mentally in terms of dealing with pressure, dealing with stress dealing with changes and uncertainty as we are going through right now. You know, how do you, you, change, you, you face all these challenges within this lifestyle that we're going through right now? So it has been a very difficult journey. I'm not going to lie to you. Entrepreneurship is not easy. It's, it's, it's something that requires a very strong uh, mental attitude, uh, to put it simply. You need to be very committed, very dedicated, and you have to very, have a very, very thick skin in terms of making sure that whatever you're trying to do um, goes according to plan. And it won't go according to plan. There will be a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be a lot of failure as well. I know when I first started, um, I tried to invest in uh, starting an actual gym, an actual, you know, renting an actual place, actually start people coming in and things like that. And I faced a lot of challenges in finding a place and finding a place within my budget, uh, raising funds, raising capital. Um, yeah, it was just it's just a, a lot of challenges that come across you, and you try you have to try to manage them all, but also try to balance your ambitions as well. So you know, as time went on, uh, I managed to find a place. I managed to find something that was within my bracket at the time, and growth has been very gradual. Uh, you set growth uh, targets for yourself every year, but you're not always going to meet those targets. Sometimes, sometimes you overshoot them, and you become a little bit um, uh, arrogant in your in your approach. And it's very important to stay level-headed as you try to approach these things because things will happen. Right now, with COVID-19, you know, we can't have people go into the gym, for example, because it's a high-risk zone. So you have to adapt your approach. You have to become more digital. You have to find ways to still try to, to influence people without necessarily being in contact with them. So it's been a very up-and-down journey, uh, but we're surviving. We're trying to find ways to keep going. That's the most important thing, to be resilient as an entrepreneur, as a business person. And that's where we are right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I can imagine, um, and I think mm. all over in the, um, on, on the continent itself, the, uh, the challenges yes. are, are similar. One of the biggest challenges being yes, very true. You know, getting the finance, necessary finances for your bank, mm. um, it, it, right. it cuts across all countries in this uh, um, continent. Um, for for mm. people who no probably um, you know con- still be considered as young young people still being considered as yeah. young people. Um, yeah how big is the market in terms of fitness uh, business in, in Africa 
Uh, it's it's a growing it's a growing uh, sector that's for sure. I think uh, globally, I think we are a, a world of trends. We follow trends in the world, and there's a trend for fitness right now. There's a trend for mental health fitness in particular right now. So there's always going to be a trendy new thing that's happening, and I feel like fitness is in that that in vogue uh, trend right now. So I feel like there is a market for it, but it's not a very easy market to penetrate. One, because uh, naturally the barriers for entry are very, very high. It's a very high cost and intensive business to get into in terms of getting equipment, in terms of uh, setting up uh, your infrastructure, in terms of getting funding. It's very, very difficult to find your way to get into that market, right? So you have to be very innovative in how you approach it. One of the approaches that I've had is actually to do door-to-door training. I actually go to my clients and actually go to them with whatever equipment that I may need. For example, uh, boxing training. I actually carry my boxing equipment and I go there actually give them a personal uh, touch, a personal feel towards their actual training as well. That creates that kind of relationship with your, with your client, that kind of bond that you can have. So on a global scale or even on an African scale, I would say the market is there, but it's not very easy to get into. That's not to say you shouldn't try to get into it. Funding opportunities are always there. Here in Zimbabwe, for example, um, there are different funding opportunities for young entrepreneurs. I know there's the Empower Bank, for example, which was recently set up by the government to try to get young people involved in business, uh, to try to invest in people with these businesses as well, and try to give them a platform to grow their ideas and to grow their uh, reach in whatever field they're trying to get into. But in terms of the gymming sector and then fitness, it's very tough, I, I won't lie to you. And it's something that, that requires a real passion for it, a real dedication toward it, for sure. Okay. And, and you know, your, your, your the marketing strategy um, to, penetrating mm. how what method have you the first the first approach that we took was first to understand the market itself we had to conduct some serious serious research in terms of understanding our competitors uh, understanding our clients what is it that our clients want from our different uh, services that we can offer before we even uh, decided to, to start the business we had to have a national business plan how are we going to actually get into the market and that was probably the toughest part uh, of the actual journey. It's easy to have an idea whenever you want to be an entrepreneur. Everyone has ideas every day. But to put it down and to actually have a structure in place to actually decide how we're going to go into the market, how we're going to penetrate and raise funds and, and become unique within that sector as well, that's where the real challenge is. So for us, our business, our, our, our market penetration plan was to understand the market, first of all to understand what our clients are saying in terms of what they, those guys are lacking and what they're doing well. It's also important to know what those guys are doing well as well. So we can replicate or improve on whatever it is that they're doing. So there's a lot of big chain um, gyms in Zimbabwe that are doing quite well. Uh, and we realize that one of the things that they, they don't offer is that personal touch, like I was saying before. Their services are quite limited in terms of their fixed assets. They have to have you come to them, for example. We have the flexibility for being able to come to you. We offer things like uh, free giveaways, free t-shirts, free gear, uh, you know, things to motivate the, the client to get involved with us. We also use a, a reference uh, system where for every client that the, the client brings in, we also offer discounts and things like that to try to incentivize the, the new clients to also bring in clients to us as well. Kind of like how uh, some of these other companies like uh, I forgot the name of the company. How they try to basically incentivize people for the company as well. When you go out there, all you talk about, oh, Kuma Fitness has been offering this promotion. 
why don't you try it out? You can also see if it's something that works for you, that kind of thing as well. Also, our marketing in terms of uh, how do we actually get a voice out there. We didn't want to go the usual approach of, you know, using the radio, using the TV, and things like that. We used a very fun and innovative social media campaign that basically allowed us to, to target a certain demographic. Our demographic of, of, of actual significance is ladies between the ages of about 25 and 45, working class women. That's our main demographic. So all of our campaign material is geared towards that demographic. Uh, making sure that the young uh, working class woman knows that even though she's busy and she's independent, she can still have a place to go to and feel like she's embraced as that woman. And she can still do it all. She can still be you know, a working class mom, but also be super fit and super strong. So we have to understand who our market was. Why did we choose that market? Why them? Why not young kids and things like that? We also have an idea of you know, making sure that our business uh, doesn't stray from that image. Whenever we get people to come into the business, into the company, they have to be very much uh, oriented into that same culture as well. They have to understand who we are, our identity, and through that, they can go out and communicate that message throughout the world as well. So that's basically how we've tried to do it. Okay. And, and you yeah. know, I mean, as experiences do differ from one business to another. And what I've, I've also noticed is how the fitness industry itself yeah. is quite, you know, becoming mm. big. Uh, everyone seems to you know, want to be fit, everyone is uh, following health yeah, yeah. and staying fit. You know, what could be the challenges in, in navigating, and what could be the challenges in this business, and how do you navigate uh, those through those challenges, around those challenges? Well, the, the main challenge, as I said before, is the capital, the, the startup capital, which I think is a challenge for any business, really. Um, finding equipment, uh, finding the resources necessary to start such a business. If you're going to set up a fixed asset, actual gym, where you have people coming in, that requires a lot of capital, uh, a lot of resources that have to come in to make that business viable in the first place. Um, and unfortunately, if we're being completely honest, as much as it is a trending business, it's also still seen as a luxury. A lot of people in Zimbabwe, in particular, from what I've seen, though they, they value um, fitness, they might not necessarily be willing to invest in their own fitness. And sometimes people underestimate how much is really required to invest in the business. So that's also a really significant challenge, trying to convince people that when they're investing in the gym, they're investing within themselves. And they're investing in their health and their physical fitness as well. So we've tried to try to create our campaigns in a way that appeal to that type of discourse. Luckily, right now, you know, the COVID-19 challenge, has, you know, as, as terrible as it is and as horrible as it is, it is assisting us in a way. Because it's reminding people that their health is important, that they need to stay fit, they need to stay active, both physically and mentally. So in a way, COVID-19 has kind of given a lot of different gyms and a lot of different fitness enthusiasts and nutritionists a, a new lease on life because their businesses have become topical once again. So we've tried to find ways to make sure that we are also within that discussion, also making sure that people are aware of what we're trying to do. So capital, for sure, is a significant challenge, and also understanding that the market itself doesn't necessarily see fitness as something to invest in. So in terms of trying to overcome that, uh, my main approaches were uh, really using the people around me. Networks are so important when you try to start a business. Networking is a huge, uh, significant uh, source of everything, not just uh, finance, but also knowledge and, and experience in terms of trying to start a business. When I started my business, I was a first-time uh, entrepreneur. Yes, I had been working in the corporate world, but when you step into the the avenue of an entrepreneur. It's a different uh, type of thinking. It's a different 
mechanism that you have to employ to try to get your, your point across and try to get your business rolling. So my networks are really my important thing. Um, you know, you try to use the people who have been around you, the networks that you've built throughout the years. And one piece of advice that I would give to young entrepreneurs is networking doesn't start when you when you start working, when you start, uh, you know, um, you know, and entering the actual employment sector. It starts at school. Those people around you right then and there, when you're in, in, in high school and university, those networks are your future business partners. And you nurture your ideas with those people as you grow, as you evolve, your family members as well. They nurture you and they invest in you. Those are your first primary investors. So if your family invests in you and you can manage to convince your family and your friends to invest in you, when you go out there into the world as well, looking for investors, you have a platform to start from. Because no one wants to invest in someone who has nothing. I know it's very cool and it's a very crude thing to say. But the truth is, people invest where they know there's something worth investing in. If you don't have a product that's sellable or a, a service that's, that's marketable, no one's going to want to invest in it. So you must have something that is attractive something that has shown potential to, to evolve. So that's where I started. I started marketing my, 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 my business to my, to my colleagues, my workmates, my different networks in the arts and media sector. And together I built a base. I built shareholding. I built um, different finance avenues. I've also tried, I, I don't really like going to the bank. I don't really like, also just because Zimbabwe's banking sector is a little difficult to manage right now. So I didn't really see that as an avenue for myself, but in other countries like South Africa, loaning schemes and things like that are a bit more uh, sustainable and a bit more attractive, I would imagine. So that can also be an avenue to, to pursue. But for me, my, my immediate network served as my main sources of income and main sources of, of, of knowledge and resources to start the business. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I guess like every business has got its own downtime, uh, downtime um, you know, yes. where things are not really making sense. And I think Speaking from an entrepreneur myself, where there are moments where you yeah. can question your decision and your investment into what you're Very doing. Very true. Yeah, what, what, what keeps yeah. you going in during those times? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. You know, you find yourself wondering, why am I stressing myself so much? Why am I trying so hard with this? But the truth is, um, when you start a business, well, for me, when I decided to start a business, I, I looked around at two things. I try to figure two things out. One, what is it that I enjoy? And two, will what I enjoy solve a problem? Because yes, you can start a business, but your business has to be something that, 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 that answers a question that people are asking in the world. It's very simple to say, I wanna start a, a telecommunications company, for example. You wanna start a, you know, a new WhatsApp, maybe. But does that solve a problem in the society? Does that actually bring something that actually is of value to the society? You want to bring something that, yes, you want to make money. That's the end goal. You want to make something that makes money. But those two questions for me, I believe, should be your foundation. One, do I love what I'm doing? Is this something that I'm passionate about? And two, does it solve an actual problem in our society? So those two things keep me going. Because one, I love what I do. I love fitness, personally, as someone who goes to the gym all the time. And also, I love seeing people reach their goals. I love to see people break those barriers. You know, when you start with a new, new client, for example, they have these barriers around them, these, these own individual barriers of, I can't do this, that they have. And it's amazing to see them break those barriers every single day when they, when they come to the gym and they get a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, a little bit leaner. You know, it's, 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 a, it's an amazing experience to see someone evolve. And it's actually very similar to life and to anything else in life in, you know, in, that we face as, as people. There's always gonna be a barrier. There's always gonna be a challenge that you're gonna face. And your job is to try to break through that barrier. 
And as soon as you break through that barrier, there's another one right in front of you. That's what life is all about, breaking barriers, breaking down walls, and continually growing whatever it is you're doing. So not just for business, but in school, in, in marriage, in, in relationships. You know, it's all about breaking those barriers and growing through your business and understanding that challenges are part of that growth. You're going to fail. It's natural. You're going to fail. But how do you get up from that failure? How do you address the failures that you, that you go through as an individual, as an entrepreneur? That's what basically keeps me going. And I'm never going to stop. It's something I love and it's something that I'm always going to pursue. Okay. And, and yeah. um, it's quite interesting. It, it's really quite interesting. And I think I'm into logistics most of the time. Okay. And you know, it's, it's a highly saturated uh, uh, field. Yes, definitely. You've got uh, big players who are also going for small um, you know, jobs that they should be right. left out to small players. And, mm. and what I, I also find uh, courage, but whenever I find courage, where do I find courage from as well as from knowing the exact the market that I want to serve and the purpose of yes. yeah. that particular market as opposed to you know, generalizing my, my, my market to, to include everyone, uh, which I believe is also right, right, right. to bring your entire business idea back to the market that you want to specifically serve, uh, who will remain uh, lo yeah. loyal to you, uh, regardless of the... Loyal to you, right. Yes, regardless of the challenges that, uh, uh, you know, whatever challenges that economically-wise that you could be going through. So you, you do merchandise right. as well. You do merchandising as well for Kuma Fitness, I believe. Yes, I do. I do. I do sell, you know, T-shirts and track bottoms and now face masks, of course, trying to diversify the business. Yes, I do. Okay. And, and, and with, with um, you know, every country, of course, there are specific challenges that we, we, we have, even though there are general challenges. Right. With every country, we've got the specific challenges. Um, in, in South Africa, our biggest yeah. uh, challenge really mm. has to do with, uh, you know, the mentality of cadership that is happening, where you find that, you know, okay. people have closed to the cycle themselves. I think if, you, if you're reading through the news, you know, you've got the corruption crisis in the country, yeah. Yeah. which also makes it extremely difficult for new players. Yeah. Succeed in, in in their field. How? Yeah, very true. What, what would be the issues in in, in Zim? Um, you know, uh, how's the experience doing business? It's 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 quite similar. You know, there's a lot of doggy uh, dog, if I can say so. It's it's, it's a very ruthless um, field to get into. Entrepreneurship is not easy. Um, naturally, there's corruption. Corruption is everywhere. Uh, we can pretend like, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a societal systemic problem that we have. And it's not just a matter of, of the, the higher ups who are to corrupt. Unfortunately, corruption has become part of, uh, it's, it's modus operandi now. It's part of, you know, our day-to-day -day life. We, we are corrupt in every little thing that we do. And when you try to start a business, it sometimes um, seems like the easy way to do things is to also follow that route, to become corrupt as well, and to just find corners to cut and to, to cheat and things like that. So that is a challenge. It's, it's an obstacle that we have to, have to overcome. 
even when it comes to you know something as simple as registering your company can can require some some dealings and things like that, which is unfortunate. But it's a situation where we're in. Um, unfortunately, when you live in a country where there are a lot of different challenges that people face on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, you're trying to find the resources to 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 put on the table, to put food on the table. Corruption is going to become second nature to a lot of people. So that is a challenge that we face. Um, in terms of uh, broader challenges, you know, our economy, unfortunately, right now is in a very unstable and unpredictable place. Um, you know, we have different policies that are being enacted on almost a regular basis. It's it's so difficult to to invest in such an economy when you don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. One of the things that investors look at, look at when they try to invest in an economy is is it stable? Can I predict what the next six months will look like? What the next twelve months will look like? Eighteen months? Can I predict that? And if you can't, as is the situation in Zimbabwe right now, it becomes very difficult for anyone to invest. You know, I was talking about my family and my friends, my network. Even for them, it becomes very difficult to 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 plow capital into the business because they don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. They don't know when their next source of income will be coming in from. So the economic climate and the the general political, social, political climate itself contributes to that certain uncertainty. Because as much as business itself is unpredictable, the climate within which business must operate must be a little more stable, must be a little more predictable if you're going to pursue a line of business in that area. So that's some of the challenges that we face. Another one, I think, is a little more of a modern challenge. I think a lot of the, the systems in Zimbabwe are very outdated in terms of, uh, I think even generally in Africa, I think we're a little bit outdated in the way that we do things. We're, we're, we're way behind in terms of trying to, to modernize our infrastructure, modernize our, our, our technology that we implement. To our, our marketing systems, for example, I know a lot of companies are still heavily reliant on you know things like uh, social media, newspapers, things like that. Newspapers, not social media, but newspapers, and trying to be a little more traditional in their approach. And it, it still requires a it requires a modern way of thinking. I'm not saying it requires a millennial way or a Gen Z way of thinking, but it requires a modern, innovative way of thinking that we are not quite ready to accept yet. Maybe it's because our target market isn't there, because our consumers uh, don't understand those things, so we just stay in what we know, stay in our lane. But because of that, a lot of different business opportunities that we could be venturing into aren't, aren't emerging. You know, we should be venturing into things like smart agriculture right now. We have you know, smaller things, but we should be having drones you know, irrigating our systems, irrigating our farms and things like that. But we don't have those things because we're still thinking in 2005, 2000, 1995. We're not, we're not in 2020 yet in the way where we approach business. So because of that, it creates uh, a difficult environment for a modern thinker, someone who sees where we are today, and you try to implement these new ideas and these new fancy things, and they won't be accepted in your market because your market isn't ready for them. So all those things kind of come together, and they create this, this environment that's very difficult to navigate. And you have to understand that you know, it's not going to go as you want it to go. It's not going to go step by step as you would hope for it to go. And this can be challenging, but it's not the end of the world, that's for sure. So, uh, very interesting conversation, and I really wish that we have this converse like uh, once a month to, to discuss this thing. And as, as we are wrapping up, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as we are wrapping up, we're a bit out of time, and I think in just a, a minute, one minute or so. Okay. You know, where to from now? Okay. Where is Kuma Fitness going from? Wow. Well, our, our first, our main port of call is to, to navigate this. this this difficult time that we're going through as COVID-19. We're trying to find ways to 
continue to provide the best service for our clients while also reaching out and promoting a message of physical and mental health, uh, trying to make sure people are aware of the need to be active. Um, one of the things that I always try to tell my clients is I want to get you to a point where you don't need me anymore. I don't want to create a dependent client. I want a client who comes in, gets their service, becomes physically fit, and is independent enough to actually have the discipline to go out and be fit by themselves. A lot of different trainers, and I, I won't you know, try to uh, let any, any trade secrets go, but create a system where yes, they help you become fit, but they make you dependent on them so that you keep coming back and you keep making sure that they get your, your money in whatever way that you want that you can. My role is to make sure that you become physically fit and mentally fit in a way that allows you to go out and to be strong and also be an influence to other people as well, to also be fit and also pursue their own goals as well. So my goals are to keep going, to keep trying to be sustainable, to, to, to shrink for now, to try to make sure that I manage my expectations, but to also look forward and to know that this will come to a pass and that you know, the future is bright. We have to be positive as business people. You have to always be positive in your outlook. Otherwise, the world will swallow you whole. You have to be positive and always make sure that you keep going and keep pushing for different boundaries and different barriers to be broken in whatever that you're doing. All right. Thank you very much, Ness, and uh, wish you all the best with the business. And we hope to keep in touch. Thank you very much. No, no thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much. Thanks, bye.